Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kigongo, and I'm joined this evening by Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. And we're both here to welcome. We just picked up the chain from the jewelers. We're going to be presenting it in person at some point. We'd like to welcome the crown princess of Pulaski, Maddie Hazlett, to the crew. Maddie, you are officially part of the Mostly Skateboarding crew. We are so excited to have you here, and we really look forward to having you on the show regularly. This Let's week, go. yeah, go, man. I'm super excited. Thanks so much for thinking of me, and I've had so much fun talking to you guys the few times I have. I'm sure it's going to be super, super fun moving forward. I know that's right. This week, we've got a few brands on opposite ends of the creative spectrum making waves. Talking about wavy, yo. In the wildly esoteric vaporwave, chill wave influence corner, we've got Palace with beta blockers and Bronze 56K with a new edition of Channel 56. In the other, West Coast with a twist of Scandinavian vibes, we've got Weekend with a brand new video called Rumble Pack. Maddie, Jason, we'd love to hear from both of you. I'm just going to open up the floor. First impressions, it's like we've just gotten hit with a, a wave of content, and it's by three brands who've all been doing some pretty interesting stuff in similar but wildly different lanes. Uh, I will naturally turn the mic right over to Maddie, our newest co-host. What you thinking? Im- initial impressions. And also, uh, you also were, have been doing some on-the-ground reporting because uh, tell us what you were doing right before the podcast. Yeah, um, I was at the Plaza, Pulaski, and Alzheimer's and Bronze were in town. I think they're doing a, like a little East Coast tour. So I was actually skating with a couple of the guys who are down here and just enjoying the lovely... 90 plus degree Washington DC summers that we get and the no shade that the plaza provides. But yeah, these three videos, I think kind of were like came out at a good time because it kind of made me think about them in a different way. Cause I was telling Patrick earlier, I watched all three like back to back to back. I mean, I watched them all originally and then sat down to rewatch them and kind of look at them a little differently. And they all like kind of reminded me of a different, part of skating and kind of did something different and to start I guess we could start with palace for me actually kind of hit me in a weird way I really did not enjoy the video and normally I love all skateboarding and I'm just hyped on it and I was kind of confused I was like why don't I like this it's skateboarding and it's fun but it kind of like reminded me of a little bit of the bad sides of skating and skate videos I want like to watch and get hyped and go skate but the vibe that they gave was just like the guys who I run into at the plaza who are kind of shitty and like snake me and then hit on me was like the overall weird kind of like thing I took away from the video and I think just that's just like maybe the brand direction a little bit for palace and then completely contradictory to like what weekend did which was like awesome skating and having fun and being goofy which is like what I do when I'm out skating with my friends so it was kind of just interesting to look at them a little bit more holistically and not just like, obviously all three of them had insane clips and we'll talk about that, but just in more of like a thematic way, they kind of hit home in in a way that I wasn't expecting from a skate video. Yeah. We're going to get into the the micro of the trick by trick uh, analysis a little bit later, but on a macro level, I mean, we talked about these two brands, Palace and Bronze specifically at the uh, way back at the end of the decade when I think we concluded like, yeah, I mean, these two brands, like, they basically define the 2010s as far as, you know, skating, skateboard, videography, whatever you want to call it. And I started thinking about it, and someone on Slap mentioned that, you know, Palace was postmodern. So that led to me doing some uh, really rudimentary internet research. It was so rudimentary, I don't think I even went past, like, the Wikipedia page. So what what is postmodern? Uh, Patrick, may I please correct me if, if I'm wrong here. So pa- postmodernism. Uh, is characterized by irony, like weird pastiches, intertextuality, um, you know, distortion of time, unpredictability. So we're just like a, mostly just like a bunch of weird shit all kind of mushed together. And that's kind of what you get with Palace. You get like the drum and bass influence. You get some Americans, you get some English people. But I think bronze even more so is postmodern because you have the kind of like late night cable television influences you have some like punk rock stuff and there's an ongoing motif of like you know time like oh welcome to the future it's time that was for another video 
you know, that kind of thing, all different PSAs. So especially in terms of the palace collaborations, that's where it gets really postmodern because it seems like it's mostly like, you know, Lev and whoever in a room smoking weed thinking like, all right, what's the most ridiculous fucking collab we can do? Because like I was looking through their YouTube page and they've done collabs with like Harris, the casino, um, Calvin Klein, Avisu, the Detroit Tigers basketball team, Crocs, Pez, uh, I assume the manufacturer of the Pez Spencer, Artois, like the beer company. So I think their collabs is kind of like sometimes they do them not to make money, I think, but just like for collabs, saying just for like the sheer like ridiculousness of it, not in a Rob Deerdeck type of way. And a uh, quick correction, it's the uh, Tigers baseball, Detroit Pistons basketball. Oh, yeah. Only, only giving, putting that out there because I know folks from Detroit don't play and uh, I don't want to get stabbed. <laughs> True. Yeah. What up, though, everyone in Detroit? <laughs> Shout out to Detroit, home of techno. And I think both of you have touched upon really important like surface level points when we're talking about Palace. Um, Maddie, um, an overt acknowledgement that Palace is very much rooted in what they call in the UK lad culture something that really came to prominence in the 1990s, like kind of a blokey, um, a kind of mix of athleisure, track suits, football or soccer, drowning, sinking multiple pints at the pub, playing darts, going to raves. It is, even though um, Savannah Stacy Keenan is on the team, but you know that's, that's one woman in a, a sea of bros, it's not enough. And that's an important acknowledgement to make there, that it is... For better or for worse, like that is that. Excuse me. That's who Palace has chosen to portray themselves as, and how people receive it um, is very much up to them. But that's an important acknowledgement. Like, yeah, like they they're very much rooted in that. You know, those guys are all about the age where they were coming up, very much influenced by so much of that culture. And like with regards to bronze, I think Palace and bronze kind of both touch upon something. I mentioned vaporwave and chillwave. You know, this kind of fuzzy VHS aesthetic where it's almost like you're in a liminal state. You're, you're drifting in and out of, of consciousness and it's taking all of these things. Like bronze in particular, it feels very familiar to me because I grew up in the same area as a lot of those cats, suburban New York, North Jersey. So like Cablevision or TKR Cable, you know, you have the TV Guide channel with just like really boring. You know, new age slash smooth jazz music kind of playing in the background and just all of a sudden very like wild variations in volume to commercials it's really supposed to it's it's a it's a big stoner aesthetic even if you don't you know smoke or partake it's like that's really what it's pulling for and i think that your point about both of them drawing at postmodernism is a real big part of their respective aesthetics what's weird though is like maddie i was doing some gonzo journalism today um not as fun as skating with the bronze team, but I went to, I went to the Golden Arches and I got myself uh, the McDonald's. I got the Palace. Mc- I uh, which one call it? I got uh, the two cheeseburger joint. There and you go. Do they have a Do they have a Palace meal or just like the Palace designed uh, bags it's, and cups? It's and like whatnot? the Palace designed packaging. You know, is that sort yeah, of yeah. just like bag that kind of thing? You know, you can tell like there's a little bit of a nod to Virgil, like the McDonald's cup, and it's interesting bringing it up too because um, high sodium content. You know, which I really try to avoid. Uh, but it can sometimes be hard. But then also just like fast food can make my stomach feel terrible. But I also, I'm thinking about, there was an essay some some months ago about how, how is McDonald's the best selling food in the world, but everybody claims they don't eat it. So it's just like, just own up to it, y'all. You know, it, it and we could probably have a whole conversation about the, the ethics and whether or not it was a good idea or a bad idea. But throwing it to Maddie, let's dive into some skate talk because we could talk about the the philosophy and the aesthetics about mm-hmm. this stuff but we're skateboarders so let's pick a like roll the dice um i'm gonna start with weekend maddie what do you think of the weekend joint rumble pack and shout out to kevin horn who helped uh do some still photography on that joint i thought it was awesome like potentially one of my favorite videos in a, in a long time i mean if you're gonna say that sarah and tom are gonna each have like th- three or four minutes of footage. I'm like already hooked because I love both of them. They're so sick. And I kind of knew going in that I was going to be stoked on it. I know that they've done these skits in the past and I don't think they disappointed again. I thought all three were really funny. I'd be interested to know like how much of the team actually 
gets like involved in the creative process of that because that was really fun it kind of felt like it was like not just like some person coming up with it and they're doing it but it was like so silly and outrageous that like they were just like sitting around kind of stoned and like oh what if like sarah melted it was like that kind of vibe which i really loved and then leading into like some really really sick clips like sarah's back nose slide pop-up back 50 50 which we've seen her do before but she's just so good at that trick and the tray flip uh fakie on that super steep like loading dock thingamajiggy that was super dope i saw the photo for that a while ago and i was like knew i was excited to see that clip and same as the ollie up gap to 50 that she did off that like little four stair stage joint i think that was a thunder ad if i remember correctly so i like saw that photo and was like damn i want to see the footy so i was stoked to see that tom was like super super good he's always super good i feel like I like Tom in the same capacity that I like like someone like a Fabiana because like they both just have like the best push. And I know that's like a silly thing because they can both do crazy tricks. But whenever they do a long line and just have like a really strong, awesome push, it just like gets me stoked because it's you can tell that they're like really into it. And like, will I think it's cool when a skater is like really willing to slam. And I feel like both of them are willing to slam because if you skate that fast, you kind of just take on that risk for lack of a better word and then i wasn't really hip to philippe i guess is that how you say his name to be honest but i was pretty stoked on his footage too like that super long front nose slide was dope the super long nolly crook that was like kind of like almost like on a curve then he went up and down that was super cool he did that awesome half cap crook he's like just got a lot of good nose tricks which i love because i do a lot of those myself too and the filming was good the color was good i just think overall it was really really well done and just another solid piece that came out of weekend i was really excited and stoked to watch it. i think i've watched it like seven or eight times since it's come out it's just fun and i'm enjoying it a lot jesus the dedication yeah. <laughs> big sarah fan shout out sarah she's so cool i'll watch your videos like 500 times yeah, uh, this is the first I've heard of uh, Sarah. She fucking, she fucking ripped, dude. What stood out for me is that uh, she did like a nose slide, nose blunt revert on a double-sided curve, kind of reminiscent of the one Rick Howard did at the, at the beginning of his part in Questionable. Philip Alquist, I've been a fan of this guy for a minute just because like, I follow every Eurotech kind of legend ninja out there. And he, he's mainly known for skating this one plaza in Malmo. But it's kind of cool that he didn't have any footage from there this time around, I guess they got him out to LA to skate some of those weekend type, you know, kind of tech, kind of cutty spots or whatever. Yeah, he ripped it. Been, been a big fan of that guy for a minute. But as far as like, you know, on, on a macro level, just con- contrasting it with Bronze and Palace, like Weekend is almost like, it's almost like a Ron Howard film, like in, in contrast. Like it's totally sincere. The skits are super funny, like super well put together. It's almost like it's, they're like even better put together and like some like netflix shows i see and shit like it's crazy like grant i think at some point it's inevitable that you know he moves to a you know a different medium kind of like a like a spike jones type move but here, here's the thing about skits i don't know about y'all but you only watch them once maybe some of the weekend like they did that american psycho skit i watched that a couple of times for the most part weekend uh, i mean skits in general you only watch them once but uh who else oh yeah karangelov i like the intro there kind of reminiscent of stun that old gns video with willie santos when he gets like kidnapped and he has the eyes like taped open he has to watch all these videos i think this is the first time i really gotten his skating like i just thought he just did weird tricks before or something but it's kind of like a power guy um skating the pink floyd that's a power move that's like an old plan b playbook like something out of their playbook skating something from the classic rock canon as it were but yeah i mean just a, like a power type skater and uh, wearing wearing all black is pretty cool. You can't go wrong wearing all black at any time. So something interesting about weekend. So think about Tom K, the thread the needle hippie jump, which that was crazy. <laughs> like why? I mean, why put yourself at risk like that? It's like the it it's the strangest thing. Uh, it's so incredibly dangerous. Like you could either get you know choked by the chain, right, or flung over and backwards land on your back there's all kinds of things that could go wrong so it, it requires like a certain amount of, uh, of of precision and back to sarah i started following her i think poetic collective is the company that she skates for um they make very big pants like very very big pants and 
I just uh, started to get varial flips. So I really liked watching her do varial flips over a hip. And also, she has really, really, really like clever spot selection. And you could kind of feel like there's like a bit of a like a there's a gone like there's like a very, very obvious Gon's influence in everybody skating in here. Like for example, her wall right off the tree. Cause it's a bit of a or actually a lot of cliche to ride into the grass or into the dirt and go do something. But that was a nice looking line number one. And it was a cool, it was like a cool ass wall ride. And LA skating suits her super, super well. And you know, with regards to the the Pink Floyd, you know, the Pink Floyd references, you know, that's that's a nod at a whole bunch of different videos, uh, but specifically Toy Machines Jump Off a Building, where Mike Maldonado skated to Time. And what I really wonder here is how did they get around the copyright issues here? Because Pink Floyd, like big bands, classic rock groups do not play, and it costs a lot of money to clear stuff. So maybe they're just shrugging their shoulders and be like we'll keep it up until somebody says no but i don't know you like it, it's fine too like uh you know maddie you know, going back to your point about like um palace being very blokish and laddish you know out here in la i think weekend for a long time had that reputation like very much just like uh dudes drinking modellos wearing flannel skating at the curb spot and giving you the stink eye and when i went to their premiere for their other video that came out earlier this year jit uh, it was definitively not that. There was all types of folks there, and it was uh, very welcoming and super, super chill, and like everybody was having like a, a good ass time. So I think that points to the idea that you know a brand's perception of itself and its projection of of an image can change. Back to like the question of the skits, like Maddie, hard hitting question: When do the skits become too much in a video? Well, I think Jason hit on something interesting. Like I said, I've I've watched it seven or eight times, but I've only watched the skits twice. And I do appreciate on the uh, video they have all the like the um, timestamp markers because I can be like, all right, I'll just watch the three parts again. So I do think there is a level in which they get overplayed, and I think they're kind of in that sweet spot right now where they're still fun. They have a definite look. I'm assuming it's the same folks who are doing them over and over because just from a creative standpoint, they look like they're cohesive. And I think that if they want to continue them, I would shake it up a little bit. I think right now they're doing these, they're obviously not long format. That's not the right word, but in the sense of a skate video, they're long format. I mean, they're multiple minutes long. So it's like kind of a commitment to sit all the way through them that maybe like moving forward, it's not these huge skits in between. Like we've seen that. I just want would want to see something different. Just like we want in our skating, we always want to see something different, something new, not something that's been done over and over. And I think the skits were pretty similar in their last video. So for their next round of stuff that comes out, keep the skits, that's fine, but it's gotta be maybe not these two minute long extravagant things, or maybe they're broken up in a different capacity and we see little bits of them. I think there's directions they can go in, but it can't be the same. I think that's a good point for sure. And because both of you are our DMV correspondents, we don't just have one, we now have two. Do a lot of folks skate weekend boards out there? Hmm. Well, the, this kid from here, Caleb McNeely, used to ride for them. He's on Crooked now, and the shop had some when he was riding for him, but I haven't seen some in a while. So maybe they used to, but uh, don't recall seeing any in the wild for a minute. Yeah, I think that recently I've seen more for sure with a lot of younger folks. I feel like for years you would see none. I think that was the era you were referring to earlier, Patrick, where they did have a really bad reputation. I mean, I don't want to get into it. It's not important. But they had that whole scandal and the person who rode for them who maybe didn't do some awesome things. And then after Alexis left, it kind of seemed like they were in this really weird spot. But they've kind of redone their branding. And I think that they're kind of coming out with a really cool image and doing some cool stuff. And I think the young people are noticing. I mean, I saw... Just thinking tonight, I saw multiple people skating weekend boards at the plaza. But I think also that comes into like what your shop carries, right? Like especially East Coast, like we just, everyone just buys from the one shop. So for Jason, that's venue. And for us, that's Crushed. And Crushed carries weekend from my, if if I remember correctly, and I don't, sounds like maybe venue doesn't anymore. So I think that honestly, unfortunately for some small skate communities, like the DMV is kind of where kids land is it's not really like what they're hyped on as much as just like what does the shop owner hyped on um to some extent yeah it's like competing for 
for the competition for space on the board wall is crazy. There's like so many brands out there. Oh yeah. I mean like growing up pit crew, shout out pit crew was my local and they had like the biggest board wall in the entire world. And you could get every single skateboard in like you could think of. And now it's like shops are shrinking, retail footprints are shrinking. And I think the crushed wall maybe has 35 boards on it total. And Picru probably had over a hundred. So it's just like, even just that capacity shops can't order the same number of brands as they used to. So it's like each region. I always think it's interesting whenever I travel to a city, I'm like, Oh, what is this region skate? What is this region skate? And it's always, you go to the shop and then you just see what's on the wall is what you see out. Uh, that's getting skated. So Maddie, um, I'm just remembering like the first time that we met was at Slow Impact. And also shout out to Maddie because um, Maddie was on a mission in Tempe and in Phoenix, just like stacking clips and just like really like super, super focused, but also was like definitely hanging out and contributed so much to so many of just like the side conversations and even just like uh, the panel discussions that we all attended. And so a lot of the activity at Slow Impact in Tempe was centered around Cowtown and I got to tell you, I've been lucky to travel to a lot of places since I was very, very young. I can't remember the last time I went into a skate shop that, w- that had that many boards. And I live in Southern California. It was, I couldn't like, I mean, wow. And like, you raise a really good point that for those of us, all three of us are East Coasters. Growing up on the East Coast, like it was, you were really limited to what your shop had. And so it's kind of strange. Like it, it, it's... It's great to have a smaller shop that's curated uh, because you can get more of a, a friendly feel. But um, I remember, for example, I didn't see an anti-hero board until I was like 18, 19, like when I moved to the DMV. I just, I knew who they were. I thought Cardiel was cool, but I'd never seen their boards in the wild. Um, now it's completely different. Or maybe it's an age thing too, because like it's something like so many people over 35 skate anti-hero boards. We could probably have like a whole conversation just about who skates what. But um, yeah, or like the uh, the demographics in different regions and shit. Oh, the, that break that break that would be nuts. Because like some people are like like do either of you obsessively buy the same board or the same shape? No, more no more like uh same size and like a long wheelbase or whatever. Or like or just like a longer board. Like I usually get like the longest board they have that's eight point two five. Like nothing crazy. Yeah, eight point two five for sure. But yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I'm definitely not like a, like a skate product nerd in any capacity. Everything kind of feels the same except for like really big boards. I do like a little bit smaller of a wheelbase because I'm a little bit smaller, but besides that, I'll skate pretty much anything. It doesn't really matter. Isn't it weird that all three of us all skate 8.25? I think, I think Mike and Templeton do too. What? I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I'm trying to think of the episode from uh, from like last week, the Q and A. I think maybe if I call it correctly, everybody five. Anyway, going back to Palace for a second, we were talking about classic rock, canonical stuff before. Well, they they come out the gate with a the classic rock banger, uh, Brothers in Arms from Dire Straits. This was uh, the first CD I ever saw because my dad got this CD and like. 1985 or 1986 it was like so futuristic you want to know but, something yeah. something interesting about dire straits brother brothers in arms that album for years it was used to test sound systems because it was considered the peak hi-fi album it's like everything about it in terms of mixing balance all of that it was just like you want to see how good this stereo system is check this out throw on some oh, yeah any song any uh, song on that record but please continue but yeah, you want to talk about bro, bro culture or whatever? Like they come right out the gate, like brothers in arms, like you know. But um, just real, yeah. For me, this video is all about first part and second last part. Sean Powers uh, had an out of body experience. This was insane. Two song part with maybe the most hilarious music supervision ever. That like, like hi, this is hi, this is cocaine speaking song first, and then like some melodramatic Radiohead song, like that's crazy. Like a four or five minute part. Yeah, it's um the song is called uh, "Your Only Friend." It's by an artist called Future. Future, um, widely considered uh, the song called uh, "Acid Tracks" is widely considered the first acid house track. Um, more specifically, this is a song that's built around the Roland TB three hundred three baseline machine, and it's that squelch is what you hear in acid, and it's uh, often represented by people gritting their teeth, 
uh, as a reaction to uh, taking ecstasy. And I think that's something that is uh, pretty central to uh, pretty central to Palace's identity is jungleism, rave culture, and a lot of aspects of life in the UK, but more specifically London in the 1990s. So if you're at all familiar with it, it is very, very comforting. And here's how you can tell. Go into the comments of any Palace video. Going back to day one, you will see comments just like, oh my goodness, remember hearing this track, you know, this club, such and such, heard this in Ibiza, taking me back. Oh my goodness, wow. Life was so different back then. No camera phones, no nothing, just, you know, pure love just, vibes. No phones, no nothing, just people vibing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I think that's the, that's the thing. And, and I think one of the reasons why, this, I imagine one of the reasons why this video came out at the same time as the whole McDonald's thing was to kind of remind people that like, hey, like, we might be on all types of other shit in terms of weirdo pop culture stuff, but this is a skateboard company. And Jameer Brown, rep in Philly. Yo, can we, um, yeah, let's talk about Jameer's part for a second. Because he did a lot. But no, go ahead. Jameer's part was amazing. Like, so, 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 so good. Like, first of all, he's, I think he's been injured, so he skates a lot of switch so that he's not putting as much pressure on his bad knee. And, like, his fits are crazy. Like, his sense of style is so out there and it completely works. And I've often said on, on the pod that DC Shoes owes the Philadelphia metro area everything because so many of these kids like Jameer have kept that DC late 90s, early 2000s vibe alive. And, you know, I'm a huge Lucas Puig fan. Yes, because of the shorts. Yes, because of all things French. Uh, but also just because I love his skating. Like, Sean Powers, you know, like, Went through a pretty dark place with addiction. I think he was in. Um, I think he went through a court-ordered rehab. There was like a I think it was a followed or one of those um, day in the lifes where there was an older one where it showed him absolutely wilding, and he's in a much calmer and I think better place. And so him skating to this is cocaine, you know, the future joint, and then immediately skating to Pyramid Song by Radiohead. I think is to kind of represent the before and after. And something I think is worth pointing out, um, this is, came from a couple folks on Twitter who were debating about the quality of the video. A couple folks had pointed out that this was shot on Sony Betamax. So back in the day, 1980s, there was a big, dis, you know, big debate or big war, basically, between companies that were working on VHS and Betamax. The, the difference, without getting into things too technical, is Betamax's proprietary technology owned by Sony. So Betamax... VCR, you know, Betamax VCRs can't play regular VHS tapes. VHS tapes can play, you know, VHS tapes play VHS tapes, but any company could make VHS. And Beta, I think it has better quality. But the thing is, if any company can manufacture VHS tapes, that's what created the home cassette, home video cassette recording revolution, which is the thing that really allowed skate video culture to flourish. Like we are actually, we are beneficiaries of that, uh, that back and forth. But this was filmed exclusively on Sony Betamax cameras. Now, these cameras are almost as old as I am. And I live in LA, and you can find people here in film and television who can work on any piece of hardware you can think of. But I can't imagine that there's too many people who work in Betamax. So on one hand, I appreciate the dedication to working in that format. But you see in the beginning of the video, those cameras are huge. Yeah, it looks like a, uh, looks like a rocket launcher. Yeah, and they're heavy as shit. Like a shoulder-fired surface-to-air missile. You know, and it's, it's like there's a, mix, there's a mix here of VX and Betamax. And I don't know, um, Maddie. like, how do you feel about uh, – I will not reveal anybody's age on this show, but how do you feel about this kind of like uh, skateboarding through the lens of 80s, 90s nostalgia? You know, the fact that it looks at – some, at some points in the video, like the quality suffers. Yeah, totally. I think that it's a very – like cool idea. I think that maybe they didn't do it as well as I would have liked as a viewer. I think it's awesome that they had this idea and they're like, all right, let's do it. I mean, I, I heard like things of them like shipping the cameras because there's only so many cameras that exist. And I think it sounded like they had a lot of different people filming. And sometimes you had a really awesome product with someone who I think cared and worked with that type of media, maybe more than others. And sometimes I think that some of the 
really incredible skateboarding because I think the one thing that no one can deny is just like these tricks are like insane. There's just so much good skateboarding in this video, but I was just distracted sometimes by like bad angles and weird footage and it just worked in some capacities and I think honestly then maybe worked against them in some other capacities. I think when you use an alternative media it's a big risk and I think you have to really treat it carefully and do it well. I think that's like something we're seeing a lot film and in the photography world is like really big but also can be really corny if you don't do it in the tasteful capacity and I think sometimes this video in my opinion treaded on that line of like okay that that was corny like you that should have just been filmed normal whereas other times it was like wow that was really cool and I think this media elevated it so maybe if they just cut the overall length of the video down and pulled out some of those clips that didn't hold up as well as others I think it would have read better and the viewer experience would have been a lot more positive yeah, I mean it's a it's a trade off like anything else when you're making artistic choices. Like, but like for me, well, first of all, it was crazy seeing like Lev or whoever beta camera film it in the USA because like I don't know I'm older I get into that whole like 80s VHS aesthetic I guess, but also just like the fuzziness like reminded me of kind of like you ever see like old footage of like Midtown New York from like the 50s. Yep, kind of like that. You know, it was just like, it was pretty sick, especially like the Muni footage and any Midtown footage. Like you're used to that with like whatever, cutty spots in London or whatever, but in a plaza in America, I, it, was, it was pretty impressive. And like back to the like, you know, 90s German bass culture and also Jameer skating to metalheads. Like my best friend in college was a drum bass DJ. So I was always like around that shit. And that was a big like, you know, blast from the past. And it was also like hard as fuck. Like I put it on my gym playlist immediately. Like, Jameer seems like he's gotten better every single part. Like, I fucking yelled when he did that. The second to last trick, like, faking nose manual, faking 360 flip out. That's like a fucking day one trick, you know? And he did it, like, in a plaza in the middle of Philadelphia. So, yeah, man, Jameer hasn't stopped improving since day one. When he got on a pals. It's crazy. Hopefully, he'll have his uh, absolutely stand out through them later. You know, I mean, for me, it was like, I think there's a big risk that you take in skating to Tupac and, like, Heto da Silva. Like doing the tray flip down those stairs that Gino uh, skated the in. The Gino uh, gap. Yeah, the Gino, the Gino gap in Italy from that. Um, there was a, a trip that was like um, a bunch of Italian-American skaters and Giovanni Retta all went on like a, a photo and video mission to Italy, which I, I would have loved to have uh, just been a fly on the wall in that. But like Jameer Brown, Kyle Wilson, Hator were real standouts so like in terms of the young heads. Like it's always great to see. Uh, Jamal Smith footage. Yo, Jamal Smith's tearing, uh, skating to Terrence Trent Darby. That is not the name he goes. That, yeah, I think I laughed out loud when that uh, when that came on too. I was like, "Come on, dude." Yo, but like, what is it it's like? There was a Palasonic. Palasonic when homie was skating to um, PM Dawn set adrift upon memory bliss. <laughs> like, that, like for that, me, <laughs> like this is that's the postmodern th- uh, element. It's like totally, you know, what's the most nonsensical thing we can we can throw in here? You know. It is it, oh. it, it is it is like for guys yours of my age again like picking up on Maddie's you know uh, you know first take is like for guys my age like a lot of the stuff is, is like tailor made and for guys you know and, and you know when you start like really fine tuning it's like for guys my age who like soccer who like dance music uh who like euro ledge tech shit it, it seems like it's tailor made and like on one hand like you have to wonder is like is that too is that to the detriment of the brand's wider appeal? But at the same time, though, it's, I don't know. It, it, I was also thinking about um, the important thing I think Palace did in terms of music supervision over the last few years, whether it was like the V-Nice video or Palasonic or any of their short edits, is that they absolutely pushed the envelope in terms of music supervision and said, like, we're not just going to put uh, whatever trap music or skate punk. We're going to put the music that we are obsessed about and it actually, like, and it works really, really well. So throwing a question to both of you, it seems like this is kind of like a stopgap, you know, like having, um, you know, Chewy with the Ender, you know, having uh, less less footage from some of the OG heavy hitters. Like Kareem was in this video, but I don't know, he, he just had a kid. He's a dude who does all the jewelry for Palace. Or even Lucien Clark having less footage because his Palasonic part, he went all out. So thrown to both of you, where does Palace go from here? 
Or where, like, yeah, in your opinion, where, where should the brand go from here? I think as, I think you kind of touched on this nicely of like, they're targeting a specific person and you kind of mentioned like, is it to their detriment? I don't think so, even though I'm not the person that they're targeting to. Like the first thing, so my girlfriend and I watched it um, the first time and we were both just like, we are not the target demographics for this brand. And even going into it, I've always kind of thought Palace was kind of a dorky brand, to be honest. And I think that they have their niche and they have their like group of folks because I will say I see their shit at the plaza all the time. So they, they do have their people and hearing you guys talk about how stoked you are <laughs> with this video is like getting me stoked like vicariously because I'm like, oh, there's people who do like this because I just don't get it. It's just not it's not for me. It's not my type of skateboarding. And that's totally cool. And I think that's awesome because there is stuff that is for me. And I love that there's stuff for everyone. That's what's so fun about skating. So I say just keep doing it. Lean into it. This is your brand identity. This is your look. This is your feel. These are the types of skaters you go after. And people who are into that really love it. And I think they're doing that really well. So I think they should just keep going, which I know is a weird take from someone who isn't really that into it. But is that because skateboarding probably now more than ever is actively, people are actively cultivating and creating stuff for different audiences. It's not as much of a monoculture as say in the 1990s where there was the cool guys and keyword is guys and then everybody else. And oh yeah, 100%. I'd be super bummed if like we got six videos a year and one of them was this video. But it's not <laughs> like that anymore. We get six videos a week. So it's like really cool that I can get on Thrasher or Free Skate or whatever the outlet is and find something that I get stoked on and then other folks who have a different background and come from from a different angle or into different things, have something that they're stoked on. And at the end of the day, we all get stoked and we all go and skate because that's really what it's all about. So I think they should keep doing it, even if it's not something that jives with me. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the team, they kind of made a move with this video by putting all the OG, you know, PWBC kids. I mean, Palace, Wayward Boy, PWBC. Yeah, that's it. Palace Wayward Boys Club. So they had their own little section. And yeah, I mean, Kyle Wilson's a beast, like didn't have that much footage in this video, but he had like a monster part in the video from last year. So that's okay. Uh, they just put his name on board. The new kid, Pedro Attenborough, like one of those Barcelona Eurotech kids, like smoked it. So and they put a bunch of people in the montage too. Like it's funny, like even with a 40 minute video, like it's hard to give everyone like a full part like back in the day. But um. Yeah, I think they're in a good spot with, you know, with the skateboarding talents of their team. Maybe, like, if they could get one more. Oh, oh dude, we haven't even talked about Beal Wester. Oh, yeah. I was going to say this. Like, it seems like he kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, especially, you know, following up on his part from the Polar video, which was, like, electric. That part was fucking electric, dude. So hopefully, you know, next time we'll come back with some more shit. But uh, he probably had limited time to film anyway. Exactly. Because he had the welcome in the palace little edit when he got on, and then this shit. But um, yeah, maybe get like one more Eurotech kid on, or like one more you know bloke or whatever from around the way. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry about. Him. I mean, you know, I think maybe an adjustment that could be made is you know we've seen little bits and pieces of uh, Savannah Stacy Keenan. Get some more of her out there. Because she fits in that vibe, you know? Like, she's, you Absolutely. know... I I hate that term of, like, oh, one of the boys, one of the lads. But, you know, she's in, like, she's in that orbit. And maybe something to be done is, you know, if this is, like, the big sort of, like, uh, reset, then the next thing to do is start finding ways to surface and showcase all the new kids or the newer kids on the team. Like, we would all love to see more Benny Fairfax footage, but, I mean, he's... His part in Palisonic was great. Oh, by the way, here's how amazing George Michael was. Because Benny skated to a song called Killer by Seal and Adamski. It was uh, produced by a guy called Adamski. Seal was a vo vocalist. George Michael covered that song, which was a UK club hit. Like when it was at the raves, white label going all over the place. George Michael covered that hit live and did a medley with Papa Was a Rolling Stone by The Temptations. Like... Just think about how amazing that is. Anyway, I kind of wanted to use like this conversation about 
Palace now to kind of talk about bronze, you know, but probably not too much because I mean, I, I think it just dropped today. But I think because they weren't limited by the technology, they weren't limited by the medium that they were shooting on. I think we're able to have a lot more fun. I think they and that they allow the vintage video clips, you know, probably just like back in the day, they probably just used to buy old VHS tapes or raid the, you know, you know, their parents and their friends VHS tapes of, uh, of TV or just going on YouTube and using that for the kind of lo-fi aesthetic. And then the skating is, you know, being filmed on VX or in some kind of HD camera. And so was there anything that stood out to you all about the bronze video number one? And then the second question is, where is bronze now? Because again, like a thing that ties all three of these videos and all three of these brands is that they're mature now. They're not, they're not, they're not the upstarts. They are, they are the mainstream, whether we like it or not. Yeah, totally. I think that um, the bronze video did a lot of what I think the palace video was trying to do and maybe in a more cohesive and thematic way. I think that it was more palatable, more approachable, and maybe more thought out. I feel like, because they're kind of similar, right? And in their basic ideas but the palace video just felt like oh let's shoot it on this cool camera and then bronze has created such like an aesthetic and a look and a feel and you like i clicked on the video and i already knew what i was going to see i knew the types of skaters they were going to have i knew these really fun little like to me like just because this is my era it's like it reminded me of like watching toonami if you guys know what that is <laughs> when i was a kid and it was yep. like these like silly weird things that like you're like you know, when you were a kid and you stayed up really, really late and you kind of got goofy and everything was funny, that was like kind of the the vibe I was getting. I was like, oh, that's funny. Like they played Elijah's clips twice, which is also something I feel like Toonami would have done, just like play the same show over and see if anyone noticed. And I think that like thoughtfulness and like appreciation of the culture was more apparent in the bronze video to me than the palace video um i feel like it was just like pretty well thought out and as a brand for palace or excuse me for bronze i think that's really good i think you're you're right patrick they are feeling like an actual brand because like when they first started i was like what are like okay you're a hardware company like that's kind of weird like we had shorties that was a thing i guess but like it felt more just like a crew that also like made t-shirts and sold hardware. And I feel like they're now have found this really cool identity and this really cool look and have gotten some really cool folks. Like Elijah's really cool. I just, this video got me hip to that. I guess, I don't know his last name. His name's Mark. I think he does all the crazy like ledge combos. He's super, super cool. And I think they're just like out there doing their own thing and it's very unique to them and it's working out really well for them. Yeah, bronze is really leaning into that uh, this bronze TV device, which I think is really effective. It definitely lends a type of continuity, like from video to video. But yeah, I mean, Peter's like created his own little universe. Like they had that. There's that bar that was in that. I guess that anti-drinking PSA Max Club Deuce cool. in uh, in <laughs> Miami, Florida, which uh, is actually a black hole. And I think it's a bit of an in joke amongst like that whole crew that would come down from New York or Boston to film in Miami during the winters and the Miami kids would come up to the, the Northeast during the summers to get away from the ultra-oppressive heat. And I, I guess the joke is there, you know, sorry to, to put this, you know, to, to over-explain, but it's one of those just like, oh, yeah, you know, we decided to go to Max Club Deuce. Shit got crazy. You know, because it's one of those bars that you can smoke in. Like, it, it's like, it, it's on some, it, it's on some, you feel like you're in 80s, 90s Miami when you're in there. And that can be a hell of a lot of fun. But if you're on a mission, a hangover from Max Club Deuce will be like, well, that, you know, we ain't going to the synagogue today to go, you know, skate the handrail, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, oh, along those lines, I think kind of expanding to uh, Florida, like Elijah's from there filming a lot down there is kind of like been a shot in the arm, so to speak. Like, of course, the center of the bronze universe is Queens. Right, and they they always shout out all the weird like used car dealers and stuff on their uh, Bronze FM mixtape series, which is super tight as well. If you haven't uh, peeped one of those in a while, but yeah, it's like there are all these different characters. Like, oh, there's Joseph Delgado, like you know, skating the same uh, ledge like out by the G train or whatever, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty 
Peter pretty much created his own little universe there. And uh, yeah, it's pretty tight. Hopefully the, the crew will continue to be productive. Hard hitting question. Is Dick Rizzo the five is, is Dick Rizzo the tri-state areas Bobby Warrest? Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> no. Question mark. They're really they're kind of different. I don't I mean they like maybe do similar tricks in some capacity, but I don't really look at him and think about Bobby. I think that they're both really cool in their own ways, but not maybe as similar as I would think. They kind of just do things a little different. They push different. They hold their bodies differently. I think for me, like when I compare skateboarders in my head, it's like less the tricks they do and more like how they carry themselves. Mm. And I think those two folks carry themselves pretty differently. Mm. Yeah. Along those lines, I mean, we talked about this before on on this broadcast, but I think Diggerizzo is more like an evolutionary Bobby Puglio, just like with the trick selection, you know what I mean? His whole stance and everything skating bump the bar skating like you know weird street transition going front side on that shit so yeah to me to me he's more like evolutionary polio there's only there's only one worst i think hmm. there can only be one well if, you, if like, you're talking about its similarity between polio they both have a wide stance which i think is so cool um to be able to to be able to do those tricks especially um certain wall ride tricks certain um any of his smith grinds like that, he has such a wise. It's very similar to 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 Bobby Puglio. I guess there's, you know, we I think we had talked about recently, like whether or not uh, Dick Rizzo is is underrated. And the more I think, I was like, I think he's appropriately rated. I think people who know skateboarding know that he's really really good. I think is he has the Huff video dropped yet? I think he's in it. I don't think it's dropped. I think it got did it get delayed or something? <laughs> I think the premiere was supposed to be the fourteenth. Yeah, last week. Yeah, um, I missed it because uh, I was doing the pod. Oh, the premiere for you all. For you all. Yeah, the the premiere for the LA premiere was last was last Thursday. Oh, so, okay, so yeah. yeah, it hasn't dropped yet. So then here's the question for you know for bronze fifty six k like and and bronze is like kind of unique because bronze is as much a vibe as it is a company. Where do you how do you grow from that? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it kind of relates back to what we talked about earlier when you asked for about weekend. Like, okay, weekend does all these long form skits. Now, what do you do? Bronze does these like very specific aesthetic for like these old TV slash radio things. Like, where do you go? And I think it's kind of the same answer I gave before of just like, you got to innovate. I think that one thing that's really apparent in skateboarding right now is people get bored really fast we're inundated we talked earlier about how nice it is that we get so many videos but the flip side of that is we also get so many videos and it's really easy to forget and move on or get bored and tired of something because we've already seen it so it, it is nice when you open a bronze video you know what you're getting into but i would really like them to like keep innovating keep pushing find that aesthetic in new avenues and also one thing i think they're doing really well is they had that youth section in the video something that like kind of baker has done in the past is like they build these storylines with younger folks so like i don't know who any of those kids are but i was like they're pretty sick i want to see more of them so that's kind of the hook that i think they can use moving forward and something i think that like the reason why baker still exists in the capacity that it does because very few board brands are still as relevant as baker is and have been as around for as long as they have is like they introduce you to folks when they're like just like super like little flow kids and i think that's really cool i don't want to see the same people all over and over and over i want to see them in some capacity but introduce new people find the folks on the team that are resonating with your audience be like oh people were super stoked on this kid let's put him in the van let's get a couple more clips for the next video and like i said build these storylines build these like almost like jason was saying like build their little universe but not just in their aesthetic build their universe of skaters and their community and really push off that and let the aesthetic be your brand identity but keep your brand alive by introducing new blood and i think they're actually doing that pretty well and i think the little youth section they had was a good testament to that and that's you know kind of ties to youth development in sports um for professional sports leagues where you know you have a team where you're scouting you're building the new talent you're building a new generation and you're right like andrew reynolds has figured out a formula for bringing up a new generation and pulling them into the universe and even though for example you have some some skaters like cater who decide to move on and do other things there's others who we've seen grow and change 
within the Baker within the Baker universe. And you're absolutely right, Maddie. Like that's that's the key to maintaining that relevance is that your videos might change, your graphics might change, your graphics might your graphics might actually suck. <laughs> you know? But if you are bringing people along for the ride and the storyline, that's going to be the thing that allows for like real like real longevity and more importantly allows you to honestly like hit the reset button in a way that is not overly disruptive i mean like i always think about how foundation and toy machine you always feel bad because those companies always felt like they were feeder teams you know other folks was like hey y'all really nice over here tomietto why don't you come over here you know yeah you want to you want a bigger check to something you want like a, a flashy car totally i think that the sports analogy is really good because we're seeing that exact idea of building storylines happening in the WNBA right now. There's a huge push of fans. I'm also a new fan coming in. We've recently really gotten into the Mystics, which is the DC team. And viewership is up and all these people are saying it's just because they're building storylines. People are getting excited about women's college basketball. And then they're following a player and then she goes to the WNBA and then that builds the excitement for there. It's the same idea, right? It's the minor leagues to the major leagues for baseball. It's this like continuation of finding someone you like and then being excited that they're joining a community that you're already like viewing into or being a part of and just kind of building this like network of folks has been pretty awesome. And I think they're one of the brands that's doing it really, really well. And you know what? Something that we can all be stoked on is the children being the future. Which brings us to the part of the show where we talk about what shout, we're stoked shout on. Out the, oh, shout out to Powell's Whitney Houston collab. Hell okay. yeah, shout out to Whitney. R.I.P. Whitney. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I, remember, I remember where I was when I heard the news. I was about to play a show that night. So uh, R.I.P. Whitney. Uh, the industry was OD cruel to you. So going into the segment of our show, we talk about what we're stoked on. Maddie, what are you stoked on this week? Uh, in... The vein of the Mystics. I went to my first Mystics game over the weekend and they won, which was really exciting because they've been kind of in a rough spot. They've had a couple injuries. On Saturday, I'm going to upstate New York to visit with my girlfriend's family. So it's going to be a nice kind of get out of the D.C. Uh, heat. And then also we touched on this earlier, but uh, stoked on the session at the plaza tonight with the Alzheimer's and bronze guys and everyone was having fun and chilling. And it was, it was all good vibes around. Jason, what are you stoked on? Stoked on venture trucks out of San Francisco, California, along those lines. Uh, they recently did a collab with a uh, shake junk grip tape and made a little edit. It was super sick. Had, um, Shane Heil, of course, had Nikolai Palumbo of Weekend Fame. So that was super sick. Uh, talked a little bit about Philip Onquist today. So as I was prepping for this broadcast, I kind of thought about where I first saw him. And I dug up a little edit from Svampin from 2017. That's his home plaza, filmed entirely at his home plaza. Some really sick uh, Euro ledge tech wizardry in there. And also, uh, by the time this podcast is released, a new LP by Ringworm uh, will be out. One of my favorite bands, like uh, very, very similar to Integrity. They're also from Cleveland. They're also in the um, metallic hardcore vein. So pretty stoked on listening to that in uh, about an hour. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? So obviously, I'm very stoked to have Maddie on the show. Once again, oh, yeah. a big round of applause and welcome. Um, already doing big things, putting, putting numbers on the board. Uh, I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. Uh, I'm stoked on Varial Flips, a trick that has eluded me. And I was just skating flat last night with some friends. And they just started happening. And I'm, I'm really excited because I'm really bad at flip tricks. By really bad, I mean can't do them. And so just like... It just felt very, very natural. I don't really know why. And so I'm looking forward to doing more of that. I did a lot of prep work for this week, including rewatching Palasonic, which has probably one of the greatest soundtracks of any skate video ever. And in terms of uh, with regards to music, I'm really stoked on Future because I've also been listening to a lot of Future while getting through some stuff at the job and trying to do a little bit of writing and problem solving. Well, anyway. That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check MostlySkateboarding.net for links and other show notes. Until then, you can keep up with us online. Jason, where can the people find you on the internet? 
Oh, well, I am now on Blue Sky. I am on the social media app known as Blue Sky, uh, at Frozen Carbonite, or at frozencarbonite.bluesky.social, whatever you call it. I got I have one whole follower. I just created my account today, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Twitter, I don't know. It's hard to escape from the Twitter uh, vortex, so I don't know. It's pretty, uh, pretty addictive. Anyway, also, speaking of Twitter, at Carbonite1994 on... The Instagram at Frozen Carbonite and uh, writing stuff for quarterstacks.com. Uh, working on it. Should have some stuff up there this quarter. Maddie, where can the people find you? Uh, at Front Crimes on Instagram and I guess Twitter slash X or whatever it is <laughs> now. That weird transition. And Patrick, where can people find you? You can find me on Blue Sky. I think under the hand, I don't even know what my handle is on Blue Sky. It's at, at P Kigongo, same thing with, oh no, it's kigongo.bsky.social. That's OD long, but I have my last name on it. No P, so that's kind of cool. Uh, sorry to all the other Kigongos. By the way, none of us are related. It's uh, it's an honorific last name. Um, you can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks. You can find me on Instagram at P Kigongo. Also find me on threads, not posting at Pikigongo. Thank you very much. In the words of Palace, roll safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Later.